From South Carolina Public Radio, this is the South Carolina Lead. I'm your host, Gavin Jackson, and this episode was recorded on February 9th, 2024, from South Carolina Public Radio Studios here in Columbia. Not a car. Kind of lame. Leaning back because I'm a cool guy. All right. This episode features a look at some of the biggest moves in the State House this week involving medical marijuana, unemployment benefits, and alcohol delivery. Someone should make a Venn diagram of that for me, please. What's in the middle? We also look at House and Senate beef, donkey sauce, and some campaign trail tidbits from the State House to Congress to the presidential campaign trail. <laughs> The lead loves hearing from you guys. That's why we have a voicemail box set up at 803-563-7169. We're getting some some interesting hot takes. Uh, Again, the lead has all discretion over what voicemails can be aired on the podcast, but we'd love to hear from you. Um, 803-563-7169. Let us know what you're up to. It's February. We are counting down the days to the Republican presidential primary. Are you looking forward to it? Let us know. And if you don't want to leave us a voicemail or think you have some, uh, if you have some other thoughts about the podcast you'd want to share publicly, you can always do so anonymously on our new lead survey at SouthCarolinaPublicRadio.org slash lead survey. Uh, let us know what you think about the pod, what you need to improve, what you like. More butter dishes. And you can find out more about the South Carolina primary, the latest news from the trail, and more at SouthCarolinaPublicRadio.org and SCETV.org slash SC2024, your home for campaign 2024 coverage. Let's start off with what happened at the State House this week. Okay. The biggest highlight was Beaufort Republican Senator Tom Davis's medical marijuana bill showing signs of life in the Senate. There's been some limited debate, limited amendments put up, but things are looking optimistic for Davis after the bill was previously passed out of the Senate in 2022, but was defeated on a technicality in the House. Well, opponents to the bill are about as pleased as they can be about the changes made to it over the more than 11 years Senator Davis has been working on this bill. Like we said, there was limited debate so far, but we're still in the middle of this process. We have to see some more amendments and some more folks talk next week. But again, Davis is in high spirits about where this bill is going. Now, what this bill does, it's one of the most restrictive medical marijuana bills in the country, as Davis looks to abate any concerns about this being the first step toward recreational marijuana access, which he opposes. Medical marijuana under this bill would not even be actual marijuana leaf, rather THC oil that would be dispensed from certain approved pharmacies up to three per county and would be only for folks who suffer from one of 12 or so ailments. Any diversion of medical marijuana would result in a felony offense, which is a stiff penalty compared to the typical misdemeanor of simple possession. Now, the bill will get to the House eventually and is expected to move somewhat quickly through the committee process once it gets there, as Davis hopes. He wants it to get on the calendar before the time-consuming budget process that starts on the House floor on March 11th. It is more constrictive. It, it, is, it is more didactic in regard to what a physician has to do. So, so and, and I think, to, in fairness, the Senator from Ori made this point too. While there may be substantive changes there, they are substantive changes that I think make it even more conservative, that, 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 that put even more of a requirement on a physician. For instance, They have to consult a specialist in mental health if there is a history of a patient having having a history of mental disorders or substance abuse. So so again, I'll represent to you that that to the extent there are substantive changes, they're either to make 
the will of this body clearer because amendments that were drafted on the floor weren't clear, or they're to make the bill even more restrictive and even more conservative. But, but to the Senator from Edgefield's point, we deserve to have a clear side-by-side -side on that. So I don't want there to be any um, uh, misunderstandings or misconceptions, or I want this body to be completely informed as to what those substantive changes are. I'll stand by them. I'll, 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 I'll explain them. I think I did a fairly good job of explaining them to the Senator from Anderson when we walked through for about an hour on a side-by-side. -side. And then, as you'll recall, um, Senator from Anderson, who I consider to be a very thorough student of legislative process, then said, Senator, I'm satisfied that this bill is materially the same as it was we passed two years ago. I mean, so, so again, I'll, I welcome that analysis. And, and I think the, the Senator from Edgefield is entirely correct in saying that that ought to be put before us in a much more specific way that's listed out. I will make a commitment to endeavor to do that over the weekend. Um, uh, I know that the Senator from Ori has already provided some work product in that regard, but I'm confident that we can have a comprehensive, thorough um, debate on that. Now, the bill was set for special order this week after a failed vote last week. That gives a debate priority status in the chamber. The last time the bill reached the House, it was killed, like we said, on a technicality over revenue generation. The original bill back in 2022 had a 6% fee on medical marijuana sales to pay for regulations. Davis said that has since been fixed, though he still anticipates upwards of 1,000 amendments on his bill once it gets to the House. Though, by his math, the votes are there to pass the bill. So encouraging. One of the biggest opponents to the bill in the House is Greenwood Representative John McCravey, who led the House's feudal bid to pass a more restrictive abortion bill in 2022 and who took the well on Wednesday to rail against alcohol delivery and curbside pickup of alcohol, provisions that were put in place during the pandemic but have since expired, leaving alcohol purveyors without guidance on how to proceed and thirsty customers saying, help. Average of 2,586 deaths in South Carolina are, are attributable to excessive alcohol use. And let's talk about the family. Let's really think about the family. Nothing hurts families like alcohol abuse and addiction. And if you, want to, if, you want to, if you don't even care about the family, think about the cost of alcohol. What does it cost our state? Well, there's an estimate on that. South Carolina excessive alcohol use costs $7 billion of lost workplace productivity healthcare expenses, and crime. $7 billion is what people are losing in our state. You know, when a family member has an alcohol problem, how many, I'm not going to ask for a raise of hands, but I guarantee you that most of you have a family member that has had a problem with alcohol or knows a family member that, that has had a problem with alcohol. You know, what do we do with them? What do you do when a family member uh, has an alcohol problem? What do you do? Do you say, hey, let's, get, let's, let's, let's help them get more alcohol. Let's make it easier for them to get alcohol. Well, I submit to you that South Carolina has an alcohol problem. House Judiciary Committee Chairman Weston Newton said he has never received campaign donations from the alcohol company Diageo, though that's not illegal, and lawmakers receive donations on behalf of plenty of self-interest that they vote on. And Newton also showed how easy it was to get alcohol delivered in the state versus what is being proposed. In fact, he busted out a couple bottles of Maker's Mark on the House floor. Brown liquor.
I told you that I wanted to share something. Last Thursday afternoon before we left, Mr. Britton came over to my desk and we started talking about one of the provisions of this bill, specifically that talks about what it is that is um, being done and why in this bill. And I want to read you one of the statements that says in section one, the General Assembly finds and declares that selling and delivering beverages containing alcohol from retailers outside the state directly to residents of this state poses a serious threat to the state's effort to prevent underage drinking to state revenue collections and to the public health and safety of the state's residents. Okay? So last Friday, without anybody asking me on this internet website that Mr. Wooten found how old I was, they wanted a credit card number and they wanted an address. I paid extra to make sure it got delivered so that it would be here today, but along with about six other boxes to my law firm, this got delivered, again, with nobody asking how old I was or anybody else was. Now, I could have opened this and this could have been brown, dirty, counterfeit water, because again, no regulatory structure, but it wasn't. It's two sealed bottles of Maker's Mark, so at least I didn't waste my money on what I was getting. But the idea of what we're doing is, this is happening today. We can pretend it's not happening, but it's circumventing the, the three-tier system in South Carolina, it's circumventing regulation, it's circumventing uh, taxation, it's circumventing the protections of, of making sure that folks that are getting access to alcohol are 21. The bill passed 77 to 29 and heads to the Senate. The House also passed a bill that will peg unemployment benefits to the unemployment rate. So if the unemployment rate is 5.5% or lower, benefits would only last 12 weeks. When the rate goes up, the number of weeks of benefits increases up to 20 weeks if the state's unemployment rate is at least 9%. Now this comes as the Department of Employment and Workforce says that the labor force participation rate in the state is 57%, with tens of thousands of open jobs and an unemployment rate of 3%. The House and Senate were supposed to elect several judges Wednesday, including a new chief justice. However, the resolution to hold a joint assembly to elect state Supreme Court Justice John Kittredge as the next chief justice, since the current chief justice, Donald Beatty, is retiring, as well as elect other various circuit and family court judges, well, the entire process was delayed because the resolution calling for the joint assembly was blocked in the Senate by several senators who wish to see judicial reforms, which are still being debated, pass first. Wow. Hmm. Okay. Now, the holdup led to a bit of a war of words between the House and the Senate, with House Speaker Merle Smith saying the delay will cause harm to South Carolinians. The state is without a duly elected Comptroller General, one of the three constitutional officers in this state that is responsible for guaranteeing fiscal stewardship, and this has been vacant since March 23rd of last year because the Senate will not act to fulfill their constitutional duty to elect the vacancy. South Carolina is on the verge of not only failing to elect, uh, uh, failing to elect, but losing 24 circuit court judges across this region. As I stand here today in the Senate is yet again on the verge of not acting, and the state is not at a, is at a very real risk uh, in this criminal justice system of it coming to a catastrophic halt. There will be 24 circuit court judges that were due to be elected today. 
There will be 24 vacancies at the end of July 1st of this year in 24 courtrooms across the state that will not be occupied by a judge come July 1st. Senate President Thomas Alexander said the chamber does not follow orders from the House and will do what it feels is necessary. One important tool that law enforcement desperately wants, and that's S-1, the fentanyl murder bill that passed this body, this Senate, last year, early in the session, unanimously, but the House has sat on that legislation for almost a year. If the Speaker of the House wants to accomplish what he says he wants to accomplish, then his time might be better spent working with his colleagues in the Senate rather than demagoguing them, and he should talk with us instead of at us. Mr. Speaker of the House, the Senate, as always, stands ready to work with you, but we do not work for you. And another little statehouse surprise. Columbia Democratic Senator Dick Carpoulian, who you may know as a defense attorney for disgraced attorney and convicted double murderer Alex Murdoch, is facing a primary challenge from St. Matthew's Representative Russell Ott. Ott filled out paperwork with the State Ethics Commission on Monday, even though the official filing for primaries doesn't open until mid-March. Expect some more on that. Now, this move comes after the Senate District 26 seat was redistricted onto the 2022 redistricting plan, and Lexington Senator Nikki Setzler announced he would not be seeking re-election. Since Harpoolian's district was consolidated into this newly gerrymandered district, he was set to cruise to re-election. Though there are some potential Republican challengers, which won't make it necessarily a smooth re-election, though he is poised to win. And now, a primary challenge. Ott has been in the Statehouse since 2013 and is the son of former state representative Harry Ott, who, like Russell, is a businessman and farmer. This will be a fun one to watch, folks. All right! Another one that the lead says is fun to watch is on the congressional campaign trail. That's right. First Congressional District Republican Nancy Mace faces several primary challengers, including her former chief of staff, Dan Hanlon, and Catherine Templeton, the union-busting lawyer who led DHEC under Nikki Haley and was a 2018 gubernatorial candidate. St. Helena resident Austin Anderson is also running in the Republican primary. There are two Democrats running for the Democratic nomination in the first congressional district, Mac Defford and Michael Moore. Congressional and State House primaries also take place on June 11th. Now, Templeton's campaign announced that she brought in $100,000 in the first 24 hours. Wow. She also received the endorsement of former state representative Katie Arrington, who challenged Mace back in 2022 and had the support of former President Donald Trump. Remember when Mace went up to New York and filmed a video outside of Trump Tower? Yes. Oh, yes, that was from all that. And later in that primary fight, she even enlisted former Governor Nikki Haley to headline a fundraiser that brought in $300,000 for her. Haley also cut an ad spot for Mace and campaigned for Mace. 
Mace then repaid her by endorsing Trump and calling Haley China's favorite governor. <laughs> With friends like these, we should all run for Congress. And there is a big rush to get to Congress to do... Nothing. <laughs> oh, yeah. That's right. After all the huff and puff and bluster over the invasion occurring at the southern border, well, it's not enough for Republicans to actually do something despite a massive bipartisan bill that they demanded and Democrats called their bluff on and supported. But now at the behest of Trump, the Republican Party's de facto head, who is even forcing out the head of the Republican National Committee, Congress is throwing the talon on a border security deal that tied in support for Israel and Ukraine. The Senate did advance a borderless Ukraine, Israel, and Taiwan aid package Thursday, with 17 Republicans joining Democrats, according to Semaphore. Some Republicans are pushing for amendments to include border security, and this entire legislative package is still very much a work in progress. But that wasn't the only embarrassment for House Republicans this week, when they also failed to impeach Department of Homeland Security Secretary Alejandro Mayorkas. Why? Because they don't like him. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. He committed no high crimes or misdemeanors. Rather, Republicans attempted to impeach him simply over his handling of the border. <laughs> if only there was a way to fix the border. Ah, we'll have more on Washington's inaction in Tuesday's pod. Oh, yeah. Well, we're not off the trail yet, folks. In fact, we're switching gears to the presidential campaign trail. That's right. We are tagging along to former President Donald Trump's first campaign event in the state since last September. <laughs> Trump is holding a rally Saturday afternoon in Conway and will be there. They actually credentialed me, so we'll have a report for you on the Republican presidential candidate who is set to become the nominee again and easily win South Carolina in two weeks. That's right, two weeks until primary day, and former U.N. Ambassador Nikki Haley will launch her bus tour on Saturday with three stops in the Midlands and Orangeburg on Sunday. We're trying to get on the bus and get a sit-down with the former governor, so stay tuned, listeners. Now, the bus tour for Haley comes on the heels of her first Super Tuesday state swing through California. 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 Haley was in the delegate-rich state for fundraisers this week, netting some $1.7 million and holding several events, including a rally in Los Angeles. As she continues to reinforce the fact that she plans to continue to be the last person standing between Trump and the nomination for as long as she can. California Republicans switched to a winner-take-all system for the state's 169 delegates. So the candidate who receives more than half of the state's primary votes gets all of the delegates. Currently, Trump enjoys a healthy amount of support from Republicans in the state, leading Haley by 38 points in a most recent poll. To lock up the nomination, a candidate needs 1,215 delegates. There are 870 delegates in play on Super Tuesday, March 5th, including the next largest state participating that day, Texas, or Tejas, with 162 delegates. Yeah, Yeah, remember the Alamo, folks. Now, a little calendar reminder. Michigan votes on February 27th. Idaho caucuses March 2nd. North Dakota, I know you all have been asking me about North Dakota. Doug Burgum caucuses March 4th. And then, like we've been talking about, there are 15 states that will hold primaries or caucuses on Super Tuesday, March 5th. So a little look at the calendar after the February 24th primary, first in the South here in South Carolina. But the Haley campaign suffered an embarrassing, quote, loss on Tuesday when she lost to, quote, none of these candidates, quote, option by a 33-point margin on the Nevada primary ballot. The low turnout primary was an alternative to Trump's Thursday caucus in which he handedly won and Haley's campaign called rigged in his favor. 
The Haley campaign never spent time or energy in Nevada because of the odd nature of the competitions and the Trump campaign working the system to his benefit. Now the Nevada legislature mandates a primary, but the Republican Party challenged it in court and won the right to hold its own party caucuses to select delegates that Nevada will send to the Republican convention this summer. We're going to, folks. Hence, a primary one day and caucuses two days later. Nevada has 26 delegates, and they went to Donald Trump. The U.S. Virgin Islands also caucused on Thursday, and Trump won four delegates after defeating Haley 74-26. to All of this activity is coinciding with court hearings over Trump's electoral future, C.C. Haley. This week, the D.C. Circuit Court of Appeals ruled that Trump may be prosecuted for crimes committed while in office. This ruling is a boost for special counsel Jack Smith, who is looking to do just that over Trump's efforts to overturn the 2020 election. Trump's team argued former presidents couldn't be prosecuted unless they were impeached and convicted by Congress, which, as we all know, is a very political process that we saw play out during his two impeachments. Trump said he will appeal the three-judge panel's ruling to the U.S. Supreme Court. And the high court on Thursday heard two hours of arguments over the Colorado case that removed Trump from the state's ballot due to the 14th Amendment, which bars people who previously held government positions and, quote, engaged in insurrection, quote, from holding federal office. Based on the justices' line of questioning, they were somewhat skeptical of the Colorado Supreme Court's ruling that Trump engaged in insurrection on January 6, 2021. Now, all that in mind, early voting in the Republican presidential primary here in South Carolina starts Monday, February 12th, and goes through the 22nd. Then, of course, primary day itself is on February 24th. If you are registered to vote and did not vote in the February 3rd Democratic primary, then you can cast a ballot. You can find out all that and more at scvotes.gov. Find out where you can vote at early as well as on primary day and take a look at the sample ballot and much more. Welcome to the wind down section, our little break from the news. <sighs> We're glad you're here. A.T. Shire, glad you're here, producer of Lead Pod. I've been here for a while, Gavin. Really? I'm just glad that you're here and not in a vehicle. Gavin's been trying to honk a horn this whole time, a <clears throat> phantom horn. He's very <sighs> ill. He hates being outside The light's of a green! Car. Yes. He's, it's been, he's, he's in a mental traffic jam. You're here, jam. baby. You're here. It's okay. <laughs> Come just back wake to me. Up. Come back. Okay, I've been shaking him away. <sighs> anyway, Gavin. There's a train! Let's get back to it, okay? <laughs> let's get back to it. <sighs> Are you <sighs> ready for this call from an old... Old friend from far off. I uh, can't use the phone while I'm driving, so... Distant y- lands. Yes. Okay, here we go. Shut up now. <laughs> Hello, old friend. This is your old buddy, Trader Joe, coming in live from the great state of Massachusetts. After a recent trip down to the great state of South Carolina to see the in-laws have the holidays down there. Hope you guys had a good holiday and a good new year. Happy New Year. Um... Two things. Uh, one, just letting you know that after a uh, couple of years up here, me and the now fiance are now going to be returning, but the neighbors of North to North Carolina. Insert your sad trombone sound. The other thing I was calling a comment on was, uh, you know, I still hang out with all my cycling buddies and everything down there, and a big old complaint. I, I, I don't know if it's made it to your episodes yet, but the um, the pickleball court that's coming to the Riverwalk along the Saluda River uh, over on the riverbank side of things. No one wants this. Literally no one 
wants a pickleball court, except for the 25 people that probably pay, play pickleball who know whatever legislator is over that area. It's the most ridiculous thing I've ever heard. It'll be abandoned two years, and all you pickleball haters can hate on me right now and hate, hate, hate all you want. That's fine. You're all going to be playing badminton here anyway. That's all it really is, a glorified badminton. Anyways, that ends my rant of hatred for pickleball. It's a really ridiculous idea. Literally nobody wants it. So feel free to go put up stickers or something. Anyways, I hope you guys are doing good, and I look forward to uh, checking in regularly like I always do, surprisingly. Uh, I'll talk to you all soon. Trader Joe, thank you for checking in and letting us know that you're moving down south again to North Carolina. Yeah, yeah, sort of south. It just didn't feel right down here, though, below the Mason-Dixon. Without you, buddy, TJ, we love you, and congrats on the fiancé. Fiancé. Fiancé, we love it for you. And I I can sort of commiserate here about the pickleball. Mm. I don't quite like pickleball. You know, it's it's just, it seems like a way, I bet it was invented by uh, ACL doctors oh, and, yeah. and Achilles doctors. All the orthopedic surgeons are exactly. like. Exactly. <laughs> uh, no, it's a light alternative to tennis. No, you're still popping you're, all yeah. that stuff. So maybe you're saving your elbows, but your knees are like, why are we moving laterally so exactly. fast? Uh, when I heard that there is a rule against like being too loud in this quote unquote sport. I'm okay with that. I was quite, I uh, was put off. But I'll the say. ball, the pickle balls, which are like wiffle balls. It's made of they, pickles. They make. It's disgusting how yeah. much pickles and the juice and the yeah. spillage. It's but like it, the they, runoff into the water. It, I mean, no one's talking about it. Thank the you. acidity Thank that you. it's doing in our Thank lakes you. and bodies yes. of water is disgusting. But uh, <laughs> we talk about that and the the ball. I think the hitting and there, there's complaints about that noise itself. So I mean. I feel like having rules against actually making noise is a little on the nose there. I think I, that's such a make... subjective thing there. You know what uh, I mean? My like, ears. Mine like, own ears. It's like saying that yes. wind turbine is exactly. giving me cancer. Yeah, well, I, don't, I don't think you, so. Well, 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 actually do your own you, research. For our Patreon okay. listeners. Okay, yeah. Uh, but yes, thank you. Yeah, and bad men, of course, this is just a gateway drug to bad men, which we've all been talking about and Shuttle calling for. Cox. The sport of kings. Dangerous. Anyway, Gavin, thank you, Trader Joe. But that is not the only correspondence of a sort that we've gotten. Oh, yeah. Okay. Sitting behind Gavin right now, we have received another butter. A third butter dish. And this is probably spurred by that last show we just did. So, I mean, this is like, this, I mean, there's no way this was in the mail before the last show. It could have been sitting back there for a long time. <laughs> we have, have a new mail guy here, and yeah. I don't know if he knows what the I went SLE back to is. go, yeah, I went go back, I went to go back and. I went to go back, I went go to go back, 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 back. Go, yeah, yeah, go ahead. <laughs> I went in the back of the mail room to yes. go, I had something ordered from BH Photo, sponsored. B&H. B&H Photo. There you go. Please sponsor it. Anyway, so I had I went back there and I also saw another package next to mine and said, "Oh, SC Lead Podcast." I was like, mm-hmm. "Well, that's us. I can I can open this package." That's m- my dad's show. Uh, sure enough, I have you open it because you know just in case there's a bunch of white powder. Check out the Instagram. Yeah, and then check <laughs> out the but you have to check out the Instagram for our unboxing. Uh, another butter dish. We got it from Katie Stewart. If that's the if name. If that's the name from Indiana. Yeah. If we have a list- I don't even know where Indiana is. I mean, where that could be anywhere. <laughs> I think it's from Katie, Katie Stewart. Katie, claim it. it. could be from eBay. Claim it. I, I let, Don't let someone else come on here and claim it stolen valor so style. So now we're keeping the butter dish instant. You can hear that. You oh. hear that? It's a nice dark ruby. It's very intricate. It's, it's beautiful. Actually great. It's great. It's beautiful. And I, now we're keeping pens in it next to our Harry uh, Gross candle. I say more people send more butter dishes. Butter di- okay? We're going to be just over 
run. 1041 George Rogers Boulevard, Columbia, 29201. Yes, please. Send them. We want to we wanna spam the rest of this building with butter dishes. I don't want to have to use the same butter dish twice. Exactly. It's, not right. Well, Gavin had- I went he, from never using one to now. I'm like, I don't want to use one. He does finish <laughs> the whole stick in one sitting, so that's how he can go through the dishes. And then I- destroy the butter dish. And uh, one thing he does after he handles all this butter is- You gotta wash your hands. He washes his hands. And he, the, real quick, on the way out, Gavin has so, a great- I have so many, I, this keeps happening to me, I keep seeing this. <laughs> the occasional time when I'm in the bathroom at like the gym or somewhere else and I do see someone wash their hands, sometimes people don't and I'm just like, come on guys, we went through a yeah, pandemic. We're, we're, we're done with not washing Live hands. and love. Uh, we're glad but, these people are washing, but-, but we, the, Yeah, so the people that do wash, there is this subsect of people that, and this might be you, please call and tell me, that decides to put the lo- the lotion the lotion on their skin the yes. soap on their hands first before, before the getting water. the hand wet yeah that's not right like that's dry you're you're, you're you're yeah with the soap with the soft soap or even the foam soap I don't care what you have to get your hands wet first. That's I like, agree. That's like brushing your teeth. It's like brushing with a dry your dry toothbrush. It's like brushing your teeth. You get the you get the brush wet. You put the paste on. You get the paste wet. You brush there your you teeth. go. Or I mean, like, would you pick up a dry soap bar? No, exactly the right. The whole so, motion of I'm going to go over it right here, so everyone at the end of this pod can say that they did learn something in this. Thank so, you. You go. You get your hands wet. Get the wet. You soap. Soap. And for then, twenty seconds. Who knows? You Thirty seconds. Wet whatever. Again. And you wet again. <laughs> okay. And then it's done. And then you dry and off. You've washed your hands successfully. And one point. thing I do want to add on to here is do not use the hand dryers, the blowers. You have to. No, those, there's no option. Those are just robot farts, dude. They <laughs> say that those are the dirtiest things in the entire What am I going to do then without the hand dryer? Wipe it on your pants. Who cares? Uh, or or someone else, right? Like, just yeah. put it on someone else. Shake it a little bit. I don't I know. Do. I, I don't, I don't, don't use, uh, don't use I, those hand blowers. Those are disgusting. Uh, it undoes everything What if it's a Dyson Airblade? Those are just as disgusting. <laughs> those are just as gross. It just cycles bathroom air. I don't think there's a good alternative. There's, I mean, I prefer the hand towel, of course, because sometimes I like to, you know, wipe off my face a little bit if I'm feeling a little shiny. Mm-hmm. You know, just get a little rinse going on. The hand, I don't like, I'm not I'm not for the hand dryers. Don't get me wrong. I hate them. I'm still going to use them to an extent. You never get your hand dry. Them. Do not use I them. I do feel fancy and rich when I use the Dyson Airblade. The, when you, the pull up. Yes. Just have a communal wa- a ra- wag. A wag. <laughs> I'm having a tough time with the yeah. R's this The week. South Carolina <laughs> weed. Yes. <laughs> Just get a communal rag in there, you know? Okay. Everyone use the same towel. We can go do, we can do the laundry. Anyway, Gavin, do the yeah. outro, okay? <laughs> Thank you, everyone. <laughs> Thank have a good you. weekend. Thank you, Twitter Joe. <laughs> Uh, you can leave us a message like Trader Joe did at 803-563-7169 or leave us a review on Apple Podcasts. We love that. If you're in Italy, I've noticed that you're not listening to us anymore. What did we do wrong? Let us know at southcountrypublicradio.org slash lead survey. Ciao, Bella. If you don't want to talk, ciao, Bella, baby. You can always stay up to date with the latest news at scetv.org and southcarolinapublicradio.org. And don't forget to support your local newspapers. For the South Carolina lead, I'm Gavin Jackson. Be well, South Carolina. Kawaina? 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 I feel like org makes more sense, but I know it's gov. Okay, claps, claps, <laughs> claps, claps. Come on, give it up for yourself. It's Keep okay. clapping. <laughs>